Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, and I'm joined, as always, by my good, good friend, JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? It's going great, Riley. Just gearing up for the holidays. So we're recording on a Tuesday as opposed to our normal Wednesday. What's going on in, in JW well, I, re- I regret it last week because you're like, we'll be back again. The same place, same, same time. Place. You, like, you literally made a point <laughs> I know. to say that. I know. Time. I was that thinking was about so that funny. too this earlier this morning. I know. I was like, dang it. Dang it. Because it was on me. It was on me because I was fully yeah. planning on doing the Wednesday. But then I thought about about a little bit more and i'm gonna offer to drive to maryland tomorrow so that my wife can sleep or read or do whatever she wants so i know i'm gonna be tired we're, we're traveling uh to visit her parents um for the the holiday and so doing a six hour drive you know in the mid-afternoon getting there at around seven and then doing the podcast later that night just didn't seem like the best i know, and then it makes I'd sense have to, i'd have to take my equipment and i'd have to find a you know a room to I just seemed like a lot of logistical things that I didn't quite want to, you know, wrap my mind around. <laughs> so I kind of want to leave this house and then just forget about a lot of things. Yeah. Leave your work like behind kind of thing. Or five days. Yeah. I totally understand. <laughs> so are you planning on doing anything fun while you're in Maryland with the fam? Well, we're going to meet up with Andrew Mahone. Um, oh, they're also in his, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, well, his family is. From well, yeah, I know. I, I didn't know they were going yeah. back or not. Yeah, they are going back as well. We usually try to meet up when we're in Maryland. Uh, we have at least at least one other time. And I rode back one time with Andrew back to Cleveland. You know, like we've we've <laughs> met up in, in Maryland before, but it'll be fun. His parents live in the like downtown. It's like Fells yeah. area. I, you know, I, people that know Baltimore will probably be, you know, jumping up and down in their seats. And then we <laughs> live or Anne's family lives in Ellicott City. Um, so we're going to go into, you know, the inner Harbor and maybe meet up with them and walk around and stuff. So that'll be cool. And then family wise, Anne has a sister that lives in the Baltimore area. She works for Johns Hopkins. So we'll be able to see them and her fiance, uh, new, new fiance as of, Ooh. as of like, uh, certainly within the last six months. So, uh, they're always, they're always really fun to hang out with. Super fun, man. Well, I'm yeah. wishing you very well on your trip. Yeah, it'd be really good. How about you? I I know you're staying at home, but are you doing anything fun over your over your time? Um, you know, I, I got the whole week off of work, which in of itself is yep. very nice. I got to finally use those vacation days. Um yep. I made gingerbread cookies today. It was like my activity for the day. And that's making gingerbread cookies is kind of an involved process. There's like a it lot is. that goes into them compared to like a normal cookie. Um, they came out okay. Like they taste really good, but they look kind of ugly. Uh, and the reason for that is, um, I didn't have any cookie cutters really. I had, I had a llama and I had a gnome and the gnome, I think was just, I think it was generically called a gnome, but I'm pretty sure it was the Santa Claus one. Um, okay. So I like the gnome okay. one was Santa. The, the llama had nothing to do with anything. Um, okay. and besides that, I had to cut them out myself. Um, right. And they just, I think it's just the way I cut things. I had the same problem when I cut paper with scissors. Sure. It just was very jagged. And there's like a lot of those little, you know, like little points where you like the sure. knife meets itself again. Um, sure. So they're kind of ugly, but they taste good. Uh, so I guess that's all that sure. matters. Um, I gave all the prettiest looking ones to my friend who is going to be going out of town tomorrow. So um, 
yeah. wanted to make sure that you know, I spread the love a little bit because I made a lot yeah. more than I intended to as well. Right. right. And I was... was that always something? Was that always something that you did as a as a kid growing up? Um, kind of. We usually would make like sugar cookies as a kid. Okay. We never really made gingerbread. Um, okay. but we did do like cookies and icing. Um, for Santa when I was a kid. So you know, I have my cookies for Santa now. I have a nice little <laughs> Pikachu cookie, which is very fun. You know, it was it was a good time. I so I really thought that I'd be able to go to the store and buy cookie cutters because in my mind, the demographic yeah, of people who you? use cookie cutters and the demographic uh-huh. of people who need cookie cutters and like already have them is like the same. Like I figured everyone yeah. who needs a cookie cutter already had one. Uh, True. But I think my theory is specifically because of the pandemic, a lot more people are like staying in and baking. That's been like a trend the whole time. And so they're probably also yeah. baking cookies for Christmas more. And so they're buying all the cookie cutters. And so they're all well, sold you out. You should have checked that like a uh, a dollar store. I feel like that is a really good place to find a cookie cutter. Because that's yeah, like they're only worth a dollar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're a dollar at Target. Um, I only went to a couple stores before I like honestly just got tired of looking for cookie cutters. Yes. <laughs> but they were, they were probably somewhere, but they were sold out in a yeah. lot of like places you would expect a cookie cutter. Sure. Though. Sure. But enough about cutting cookies. We got some news to break down for you. We got some exciting upcoming events in the World Tag Team, and we want to share those with you. So starting off the cast for today, uh, we wanted to announce our next giveaway. So last year for Christmas and New Year's, we had a Full Art Zashin and Zamazenta giveaway. Uh, We really enjoyed doing that with you all. We enjoyed the engagement and hearing from you all over Twitter. And we want to do something like that again. So this year, our giveaway, JW, drumroll, please, is we're going to colloquially call it a Pokemon starter set. So we'll be giving away a combination of the Zashian V League Battle deck. That's the one with ADP and the Zashians and the core of the ADP Zashian deck in there. And we'll also be giving away, in conjunction with that, a Pokemon TCG Trainers Toolkit. So this is one prize, and it really gives you the framework to just jump right into playing in real life. So I mean, you know a lot of you out there, um, maybe even playing online a lot recently, haven't really kept up in the real life scene, uh, mm-hmm. which is understandable. And we want to give you a chance to kind of like jumpstart your collection and, and get moving. So um, sure. I think this is really fun. It's really gives you the framework you need to get moving and honestly i think these are really cool products so it's super cool to you know be able to interact with them yeah Um, and certainly you know if we're not even back to playing like in the next you know yeah i mean these are like rotation proof yeah 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 exactly i was gonna say these are great cards for you know into uh expanded even um or even just you know if you want to have a deck to kind of commemorate the format why not adp (laughs) yeah and honestly like you know, I haven't been following it too closely, um, Pablo's like post rotation yep. series, because obviously there's like a lot more sets that are coming out before rotation. Yeah. So sure. it's all very subject to change. But Zashian V has been a very big staple uh, even then. So, you know, having access to those is going to be super awesome. Um, yep. So the giveaway will be posted on our Twitter. Make sure you follow us at Tag Team Pokemon and just perform the actions in the tweet there and you'll be entered in. Uh, so that the giveaway will start right after this podcast drops so if you're listening um on your podcasting platforms or on youtube it'll already be there and it'll go up until the start of the new year so you have until december 31st at 11 59 59 to get in there it's going to be eastern time 
Um, so we're looking forward to, to hearing from you all. Um, yeah, it should be great. And a huge shout out to Full Grip Games for uh, helping the podcast out. You know, they've been great allies to JW and myself uh, throughout our Pokemon careers the last couple of years here um, and helping us manage the logistics of the game. So thank you to our yeah, friends. Yeah, it's been Full great. Grip. Absolutely. Yep. That's our giveaway. We're excited to have you all. And we want to just give back uh, in the spirit of Christmas. Um, moving into some other fun topics for the day, though. Uh, JW, we were chat chatting for the cast, and it sounds like you've been keeping your eye peeled for some rogue masterpieces out there. Uh, and honestly, the ones you brought to me, I wasn't even super familiar with yet. And maybe that was just my ignorance. But talk us through yeah. the rogue deck scene right now in the Pokemon trading card game. People seem like kind of. The meta seems to feel really centralized when you talk to certain people, sure. and I want to give sure. our listeners a chance to take a look outside of our our sphere of influence. Yeah, you know? I mean, of course, you know, you always have the uh, you know the Lightning Mewtwo's, the the Zacian decks, the Blacephalon Senta Scorches, Eternatus, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but there have been a few other things that have been kind of putting themselves on the radar. Um, first has been, you know, there are a few decks, obviously, that are you know, known quantities, but haven't ever really performed until recently. Um, one of those decks would be Mad Party. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're probably jumping up and down. Yeah, I have, I have seen Mad Party. <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, I mean, it hasn't really ever entered into kind of striking distance of a win, but it's certainly been in that top 16 uh, in, you know, bubble for top eight type uh, position. So we've seen it have a couple of performances over the last week. Danny Altavia was, you know, top 16, I believe, in a Hexter tournament with it. And then we've also seen in the league, or excuse me, in the Limitless online series, like weekly tournament, it got top 16 as well. So it's just kind of a cool deck that uh, we've been seeing you know, pop up and and maybe it's now starting to come into a little bit more viability now that, honestly, now that lists seem to be getting a little bit more optimized, we're seeing uh, just as many ball counts as people can possibly fit in, as many search yeah. cards with the like Pokeballs are starting to come in and like E-radars and stuff. Uh, so just like getting as many of those Pokemon search cards in as possible. Um, another deck that has been, you know, obviously a known quantity, but you know, still is in that, I, I would say, I don't know, that kind of rogue aspect, because if people tech for it, uh, then it's not that good. But then if nobody techs for it, then it goes on to like easily win the tournament. I think you know what I'm going to say in Decidueye Obstagoon. Yeah, absolutely. That has been, you know, a, a, a great deck for people that are looking to win tournaments, because you're not really seeing a lot of opposition uh, from opponents decks because again it's that like one or two people playing it in a tournament <laughs> and so people drop their uh counters from their decks understandably so and then it goes on to sweep because nobody has a way around it so those are a couple decks that are known that have certainly had you know some mo modicum of success in the past that we've been seeing recently Ooh. um another one personal kind of favorite of mine because it includes you know a, a regional winning card is uh rillaboom rillaboom with the uh, alolan executor Absolutely. yeah yeah has been uh doing doing okay i mean it 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 got a top four placement at a uh, at a hexter tournament over the last week which is great i mean rillaboom i feel like has never i don't know if you can speak to this it's never felt like it could ever crack 
like kind of oh, that, I agree. you know tier one viability but um and i don't necessarily see anything unique about the list uh that by corin zelta that is any you know anything super special or anything unique but uh <laughs> it is worth noting that it you know has kind of been in the mix for like top 32 placements pretty consistently in this format and uh this seems to be at least from my memory the highest placement that it's had in uh in in forever yeah why do you think rillaboom is all of a sudden you know getting so much play uh hard to say i mean i think like you just look at the cards inside like it's it's made up of good cards you know the rillaboom deck is made up of good cards like the rallin alone executor is like a good good card on uh face value and and the deck also really relies heavily on double which is another just good card double is definitely a good card yeah you know and there are a lot of decks that you know honestly struggle with double um just in and of itself yeah so that's just generally a good card for prize trades especially into tag teams and then you know you have like shaman prism star which is a just a good card like on its (laughs) face like a one prizer that could potentially one shot we retreat Um, as well for your tree you know so it's it's made up of all these good cards um you know so it's it's not like it's not like it's coming out of left field necessarily but um (laughs) yeah that that you know it it just finally maybe is is seeing you know either the right pilot or just getting the right breaks you know where it can succeed so uh we had one other one that i wanted to mention and i am oh yes Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, in the again in the Hexter sixteen tournament, the number seven placement is a seeking deck, which is pretty unique. Uh, using well, unique in the sense that we haven't seen it in this uh, format, but right. using the ripping horn seeking along with the uh, Glimwood Tangle to try to disrupt your opponent, discard all their energies, and then you <laughs> gust something active on their bench as they're trying to recover their resources, and you lock them out of the game with like a cryogonal, or they just can't retreat because you've gotten rid of all their um, options. So <laughs> that one's another really interesting deck, a really cool deck, got seventh place at this tournament. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like Sea King's been, you know, a hard meme for a while now, and, uh, you know, it's actually getting success recently, so... Yeah, I, apparently I've been seeing, you know, I, I saw somebody uh, post or it was, in a, it was in a Twitch chat or something. They're like, why am I running into so many Seeking decks on the ladder today? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, so I want to dive into some of these a little bit more. Um, you know, Mad Party, I mean, I think the, the, both the success and the build of Mad Party kind of tracks for me. I'm, I'm still definitely a fan of Mad Party. I think it actually trades pretty well with a lot of decks. Um. I want to dive into Decidueye a little bit more. I feel like there's been some debate about how Decidueye should be played. You specifically called out Obstagoon. Why well, I want to dig into this a little bit because I feel like there's a lot of people who would err on the side of just playing Decidueye and cutting the Obstagoon line completely. And do you have any thoughts one way or another about how you would prefer the deck to be played? It's just so hard for a significant number of decks to get out of the Obstagoon lock that it seems kind of um it seems in poor form not to play an obstagoon line i i have done more testing with obstagoon in the decidueye deck than without so i think i'm a little biased there but you know you just have like no shot at beating a like a blacephalon deck or a uh Scorch deck um and i i don't think you're really sacrificing all that much 
to include it. I mean, obviously you're, you know, at least three, maybe even four cards if you go a 202 line of Obstagoon. Um, so you're taking that away from, you know, the consistency that Decidueye could bring. But, you know, you're gaining a, like a large matchup spread that you otherwise wouldn't, just wouldn't have access to. Uh, and so I think it's worth it in a lot of cases to be able to hedge your bets against a wider variety of decks uh, than to kind of, I don't know, even more auto win the decks that you probably should win anyway that makes sense um so specifically you know in the case of obstacle you called out there are three or four cards that usually the cut to accommodate that right to get those two zero two lines um yeah and then obviously you would have to adjust the uh the energy counts but so like yeah. in a more straightforward kind of decidueye build what do you think are the cards that you know have to be cut or if you're trying to go from obstacle to a more straightforward build you know what would you add in uh that's i mean honestly that's a really good question if you're going from like a if you're going from a straight or if you're going from an obstagoon decidueye into a straight decidueye i mean you're obviously adding like more of the consistency cards like you can add up you know your fourth rosa um your fourth like bird keeper if you're only playing three um you could potentially play another boss which is a obviously one of the weaknesses of any of those block style decks is that they don't have a ton of access. Uh, they don't have a ton of space to put in the gust <laughs> cards that they otherwise, yeah. you know, that, that pretty much every other deck plays in, you know, three or four counts. Um, so yeah, that is, that is one of the weaknesses of the deck is that they just don't have a lot of access to the opponent's bench. Not, you know, you see a lot of these lists, they have one boss's orders, uh, maybe two, they rarely including great catcher. So, you know, if you wanted to go um, from an obstacle, Obstagoon list, take out the Obstagoon line, you, you know, maybe consider another boss's orders, just give you a little bit more um, reach. Uh, you also have, you know, things like more consistency, right? So like the Decidueye Obstagoon that I profiled on my YouTube channel the other day had a, well, I guess it was today, but uh, <laughs> it, you know, it had, it, it kind of skimped on the setup Pokemon. So you're playing like a two Jirachi, two Snorlax line. And if you were to, you know, cut the Obstagoon, you could probably go up to, you know, three, maybe even four Jirachi. It's that kind of thing where you're sacrificing that consistency uh, for a little bit better matchup spread. If you go with the Obstagoon as opposed to without the Obstagoon. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's funny, uh, the Obstagoon obviously, you know, helps pick off those Volcanians. Um, particularly in the Sunny sure. Scorch matchup. Um, but the other sure. one of the yeah. other decks we listed in the road deck, I would think of as having a traditionally pretty poor Sunny Scorch matchup, and that's the Rillaboom deck. How do you think mm -hmm. Rillaboom is like sliding into success in a metagame that we originally thought would be dominated by Sunny Scorch? Yeah, well, I think you look at, you know, the power of like, it's like, how does Picaram beat uh, Colossal, right? The On the back of, a, of Mewtwo, right? Uh, how, and so similarly, like, how does Grass beat Fire? I mean, on the back of Mewtwo to an extent, <laughs> you're not generally playing as many, like you're probably playing like one, uh, maybe two Mewtwo in your Rillaboom list, but then you're also riding Dubwool for all she's worth. Uh, <laughs> trying to trying to get as much use out of that double as possible yeah. uh, or potentially out of the two doubles that you have. So, um, you know, certainly a deck like that, like it, it, you're putting your opponents in a tough position, right? If, if you're playing fire, because you have this energy accelerator that's grass, but um, the weakness isn't really that big of an issue because it is only a one prize Pokemon, the Rillaboom. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it, you put your opponent into a weird position where they're like, okay, do I gust up their energy accelerator or do I swing into their double and the active? And like, maybe you can't even one shot the double and it's, you know, hitting you for <laughs> heavy damage. And so, you know, it, you create a lot of 
um, interesting scenarios uh, for sure against fire decks. That tracks for me. That tracks for me. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, let's hit on that last deck then, and that's the Sea King deck. Um, yeah. In your opinion, what is one addition that we could make to the Sea King deck to make it extra special and extra spicy? Extra spicy Sea King deck? Um, man, that is uh, that is a good question. I don't know <laughs> that I that I thought about that. Do you, it sounds like you have something in mind. Like, give me. You know, I don't. I, I really. I really I don't. Harder. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I just. Uh, I feel like if you're playing Sea King, you're already kind of like trying to be spicy right so yeah you know yeah, what, so what's what the uh, do, huh? what's the all yeah. spice that you can add to this <laughs> the ultimate spice yeah that's a that's a good question i mean it's hard to say you're you're going in with this like alternate <laughs> this alternate win strat um of just discarding all their energy on a one prize pokemon you know it's like how much more spicy can you get well, I guess just let us know on Twitter if you have any uh, any spicy ideas for seeking. Just tweet at us at Tag Team Pokemon. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> so if you were going to go to a tournament and you had to play a rogue deck and your goal yeah. was to have fun, uh, what rogue deck would you take with you? Well, I, I find Mad Party to be really fun. Um, I find that deck just, Good. you know. Yeah, just yeah. really, uh, you know, you, and, and you didn't tell me to say this, by the way. Um, right, but I've I've had that party to be fun because it obviously it reminds me of archetypes of me. that I played in the yeah. past, uh, <laughs> Night March, uh, obviously. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so that would be the uh, that would be the deck that I would take if I was just really going for fun. If I no, well, actually, if I really wanted to go for fun, I would probably take some kind of weird uh, stall deck that revolved around um, uh, Galarian or Alolan Muck. <laughs> yeah and like scoop up that chains yeah. yeah i guess that would be the spice that you could put in seeking now <laughs> and now that we finally got to it that would probably be the spice you could put in seeking just try to like discard their switches and stuff but um yeah i would probably bring something weird around that if i was like truly like just had no cares which honestly is never going to be the case because i like never have the time <laughs> to play super try hard so whenever i go to an online tournament i'm like i gotta try to win this thing and i gotta try to put my all into it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes sense to me. Cool. So let's jump right in then to our card of the day. Um, so obviously, let's do it. This week is the week of Christmas, and you know, someone in chat or someone listening, you know, feel mm-hmm. free to fact check us on Twitter if we did this the wrong order because <laughs> we we lost track when we had. I, mean, I think it's I think it's supposed to be me, but then when you said you had a you had a Christmas card or a Christmas themed card, I was like, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I guess it depends, like, if you consider Celio subbing it, or uh, if you consider, uh, why did I say Celio? <laughs> um, Chip. If you consider Chip subbing in for us, or if you consider, consider Chip, like, slotting in, right? Yeah, right. Um, so, anyway, card of the day this week is obviously going to be Christmas themed. And at first, I was scrolling through Deli Bird cards to try and find a good one of those. Um, that seems too obvious to me. So I tried to find something a little more interesting. Um, and the card I found isn't a traditional card. It isn't a card you can play in a deck, but it is a Pokemon card. Um, so in Japan, there is an exclusive promo. Um, Pokemon did this with Toys R Us for a Christmas fair. And it is so cool. It is a jumbo card. And it's got Pikachu and all the Hoenn starters. Um, and there's a snowman Psyduck in the background, and there's presents everywhere, and there's like 
those Christmas kind of arches. It's just a beautiful card, honestly. And, uh, you know, it's got that nice, like, Japanese gray border, a little Toys R Us stamp on there. And it's a promo that happened sometime in the XY block. I tried to learn more about this. Um, and yeah. I, I really struggled to, like, find good information on this card. Um, there is a couple listings on eBay, and they're all for quite a bit of money. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's super cool. Um, honestly, I just thought this card was beautiful, and I wanted to call it out specifically. So, um, Can you post that in the any kind of website that you found with the card? Because I'm interested, and I did, like, a quick search, and I couldn't find it off first glance. Yeah, I'll post the eBay link in the, in ch- yeah. in the chat on Twitch. Okay. Um, so if anyone is interested, you can click on that. And if you have $1,000 lying around, you can buy it. Oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty insane. That looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's a jumbo card. But I think it's super cool because it's a jumbo card with a Japanese back. I don't know why, but that's, like, super cool to me. Uh, and I would, if I had just, like, $1,000 to blow, it's, like, <laughs> hey, the kind bro, of thing. stimulus. You're halfway there. <laughs> so it's, it's super so awesome. Epic. It's super awesome. Um, yeah. If I had just like a free thousand dollars, I would definitely buy that. Um, Dude, you're uh, you're getting the stimulus, right? I know that's, that's, that's six hundred awesome. out of it. <laughs> tell you what, tell you what, we I will uh, send you mine, and then <laughs> you buy the card, and then we can like have dual custody of it. So like, then you'll <laughs> ship it to me for like half the year, and then I'll ship it back to you, and we'll just kind of. Well, I feel you. like whoever gets it for the Christmas half of the year is like getting the value, <laughs> out of it. right? okay we'll trade it by years then we'll trade it by years Jeez. Like, you get it this very year, complicated get it custody year. agreement like i feel like i'd rather just pay the thousand dollars than think about that <laughs> <laughs> so that's the card of the day it's not a card you can play in any sort of deck but it is very very cool um so and it's the most Christmassy card i think in all the pokemon that's for sure um, probably besides is, the generic yeah. delivered with a present attack sure <laughs> that's amazing yeah super cool um looking ahead though there is still pokemon events in the future here um so a couple that i wanted to specifically call out today was the gg tour 3k mm-hmm. event so this is a 3k mm-hmm. prize pool i feel like normally like a big ticket prize pool is 1k um so, yeah you know obviously this is tripling that yeah, so pretty substantial amount of money on the line here. $5 I don't buy-in. know. I don't know where they're <laughs> getting. I mean, I just don't know that the numbers add up, really. Um, I mean, unless they could it's... be operating at a loss on this, you know, just for. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's what I imagine. I just, it seems. Like the, uh, you're thinking the ROI. Uh, just very, it just seems very interesting. Like the, the numbers just seem so far off that. Um, <laughs> no, I, and it's not a, it's not a like a it's not no, a no, negative yeah. you know i'm not trying to like throw shade on them i just like it's it's impressive for you know there's 44 players registered right now presumably uh they've all registered at the half price discount uh you know you've seen a lot of creators that are like please use my code normally the entrance fee is ten dollars but we've reduced it to five dollars so let's say that you know there's 44 people at five dollars a piece that's nowhere near 3,000. So, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have many, many more people sign up, but like, even still, um, you would need, you know, I mean, you're the, you're a math guy, Riley. Like, how many people would you need to average the uh, 3,000 if they're all paying? 
uh, you, know, you need five dollars. Obviously, you need three hundred at at ten. You need, so need six hundred at five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, but obviously there's a lot on the line there. Um, so be sure to get your practice in if you're looking to take home some of that massive prize pool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Five hundred dollars for first place. That's amazing. It is super cool. JW, if you were going to play in the GG Tour tomorrow, um, what would you bring with you? Yeah, I think I'm the most comfortable with a Picaram deck that um, may or may not include Mewtwo. Um, I think you could go either way. I, I would probably include at least one just to give a, at least a hope in like a Colossal-based matchup, but I don't think you necessarily need it uh, by any means. So Picaram is just kind of the deck that I would... At this point in the game, I, I would just kind of ride or die with. Um, it's proven itself pretty much time and time again. It yeah. seems like for a big tournament like this, it covers enough matchups that you you don't ever really feel out of a game. Uh, and with a deck like that, you can play yourself out of bad situations with the auto-paralyze and the reset stamp combination. You're never truly out of a game. And even with like a tag bolt, right? Like you're, you're never going to be just completely blown out to the point that you know you have no moves like you're always going to be able to play the game with the energy acceleration and then just the built-in consistency so i like a deck like that for a big tournament yeah i'm inclined to agree i mean obviously i feel like it's less surprising for me because i have been kind of standing from the last mm-hmm. couple weeks here um yeah. it's definitely my go-to deck right now especially for the larger the event um yeah i think in events that are going to be larger, presumably, and have a more diverse metagame, um, you want to be able to spread yourself out as much as possible, and Picaram really is a good deck for that. Um, the combination yeah. of just really powerful attacks and either like consistent acceleration with the more bolt-on heavy build or just focusing on crushing hammers and having that disruption, both strategies are really good against a lot of different decks. Um, and I think Picaram is one of those decks that's really good at keeping down like mystery decks <laughs> yes yeah uh, that's great yeah so, that's a really good point really so picaram is definitely one of those kind of decks that's really effective against things that you might not necessarily expect with the exception of things that are ex- explicitly like made to be picaram yeah like don fan maybe you know you're probably gonna have a hard time with that one yeah but i definitely agree with your at least one Mewtwo seems like a really good choice right now. I think Colossal's really just been kind of rising, and even getting like one chance to get a nice clean uh, hit mm-hmm. with a Mewtwo, it seems pretty valuable. Um, you know, besides the fact that like you can prey on Colossal's inherent inconsistencies. Um, sure. And you know, overall, it's just a solid archetype all the way through. It always has been. You know, since the card dropped, so can't yep. really complain. Yep. So, you know, yeah, but if I we're mean, both on Picaram, what's, what's our, like, our second string choice for, like, the Picaram haters? I mean, yeah, for, I mean, for me, it'd be, again, this other, like, you think about, you're going into, you know, presumably a big tournament. I would I would imagine that there would be, like, at least 400, probably closer to 500 people there. Um, like, if I had to just give a guess based on past tournaments, uh, and then it also being Christmas break, of course. But, um, you know, again, you're going to this big tournament. You want to make sure that you are playing a consistent deck. So I'm generally going to shy away from uh, a deck like Decidueye Obstagoon, although that would be a good choice. You're just generally going to, um, you know, not maybe not set up as well as like a as a big tag team deck. Uh, so I would err towards something like, if I had to choose a second string deck, it'd probably be Eternatus 
just having that. <laughs> yeah, know, same here, actually. <laughs> What's that? The same here. We're just on the same page today. Oh, so. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would err towards Eternatus uh, just because you're going to be doing what you do, you know, 90% of the time. You blow out the tag teams, which are uh, just, just a huge point uh, in this metagame right now. They're just like tag teams are just running <laughs> it. And so I'd be very comfortable taking Eternatus as well. For sure. Would you play a poison variant or a more straightforward variant? Yeah, I, I've obviously swapped between the two. I think a lot of people have, like just the preference for decks has changed. And I would go for a straight variant with a uh, significant counter to Zamazenta. I would make sure that I would play at least like two Spear Tomb or, you know, a one or two Sableye, just making sure that I have my bases covered when it comes to a card like Zamazenta. Um, Makes sense. but I would, yeah, I would not go the poison route just because that is a little less consistent when you're looking to just, you know, try to get up to that turn <laughs> two two seventy against the tag team decks. I, I think that's where you really are going to shine with a deck like Eternatus. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm inclined to agree. I just want to play something consistent at a large event mm -hmm. and playing a straightforward version seems to be the way to do that. Riley, you have, I mean, you have the time, presumably, uh, are you going to play in this event? What? Day does it actually start? It's on the 26th, is like Swiss. Oh, wow. Um, and then it's a two day event. Maybe. Uh, okay. The only thing, like, kind of stopping me is I'm watching the same friend who's leaving town. I am watching their cats for the next couple days. So I'll have just a bunch of cats, and her cats are kittens. Um, so okay. I have to kind of like pay attention to them <laughs> as opposed to mine, which I just like let roam. <laughs> Um, especially sure. because my cats will be uncomfortable with the addition of kittens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I don't want there to be like any turf wars or anything. Going down. Okay. Okay. That's like gotcha. the only thing that gives me pause. Otherwise I like, otherwise I probably will stop by, you know, give it, give it yeah. the old ROM a swing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. I, I would love to see you compete. I, I probably will not be playing just, you know, with family and stuff. Um, it just gets harder and harder to, play in online tournaments for me i wish i had the time you know but um i did actually play in a tournament uh, not to go too far off track on the uh on the gg tour coming up but i did actually play in a tournament this last week uh the limitless online series and uh i played adp and it was not a good time i actually i'm <laughs> just like i'm pretty sure i'm just off of uh suggesting adp to players i hate playing adp yeah not fun yeah i mean i know we're 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 giving it away it's like literally our giveaway i think it's not um necessarily a bad deck but i'm like for me i'm just off of it because uh it feels so much like the games you know and this is the problem with the the problem with the format if you find that there are problems is like it really boils down to how many turns is the game interesting uh and with a deck like adp uh the game you know you're you pretty much know what's going to happen in that first one or two turns right if you don't get the turn two alter creation like you're probably not <laughs> winning because you're probably not going to be able to use your attack and start to power up benched pokemon um although you can still win even if you don't do that but um you know and then it's just you know there's there's not a lot of interesting turns with the deck so it, it hasn't really gripped my attention as a deck that i would you know really want to play for a bigger event no i i totally understand that sentiment i do think um while adp doesn't typically have a very interesting like, tempo of turns uh like mm -hmm. the great adp players do make the deck interesting um sure i forget sure. who it was on the players cup stream but they uh 
they had this really fascinating route and sometimes they would forego the altered creation just because they knew they were hitting into two tag teams regardless um and like things mm-hmm. like that that just really separate the good from the great adp players and the good from the great sure. players in general um so sure. you know i don't want to downplay like the deck is phenomenally good uh it's yeah. just not for me uh, I think yeah, you, you I mean, probably there, feel yeah, and there are certainly there are certainly things you can do with a list too to maybe you know make it a little bit uh, interesting or unique. You know, there are certainly tech cards you can include, obviously like Age of Slash or Crushing Hammers or whatever you want. Like there are ways to make it your own. But um, yeah, I've just found generally like I'm either losing the game in the first few turns or I'm like solidly in control in the first few turns. There's not just there's <laughs> there hasn't been a ton that I've found uh, where I can finagle my way out of a bad situation or on the other you know on the other side like uh that i ever lose after that dominating start so for sure yeah there's one other event that i want to specifically call out um and that's going to be the next iteration of the players cup players cup three that's going to be kicking off here in january um so if you haven't already taken a look at that be sure to check out pokemon's website it has some of the more fine details it's really structured pretty much the exact same as Players Cup 2. I think mm. the logistic back end for TCG is actually the exact same uh, different month, <laughs> obviously. Sure. So, sure. Um, and obviously Vivid Voltage will be legal for the qualification period. So yeah. JW, looking ahead towards the qualification period and approaching that, uh, and I'm, I'm not putting you on the spot for this for the reason that you're maybe yeah. smiling about, right? <laughs> um, but generally, I am curious like what your thoughts are about like how how you would recommend going about this we talked last time about what is the best time to qualify and we kind of uh we kind of agreed like somewhere towards the start middle area was probably the right time Um, yeah would you approach with a similar strategy this time do you think uh or how would you like recommend people go into this i know from players cup two yeah. how would i change or stay yeah and i can i'll I, give my experience as well i'm curious what your thoughts yeah. are first no i mean i i thought that that the way that i approached it was pretty good i felt though that i um you know it just I, there were times where it was like it was kind of um for me i would get into these slides and it would just be kind of frustrating to get out of the slides and then there was like the last 10 tournaments where i knew i was like on the I finished with somewhere around 81 points. I think it was in like the cutoff was 89, I think. Um, so like I was yeah, towards the end, I was like in the mix, but I knew it was going to be like, I had to win, you know, pretty much every tournament uh, right. towards the last like 10 tournaments. And um, you know, that just was frustrating mentally to, to do that. And then to sit around and actually watch all the other results come in was also kind of mentally draining. So I think I had a good, um, I think I had a good like route for the players cup two in in the sense that I did it early or like in the middle, but it was, I think that route is really good if you are, you know, winning a lot of tournaments early Uh, (laughs) because then you know, you have to, if you're, if you're in that mix, but you're not solidly guaranteed and you finish all your keys early, then you have to wait around for, you know, two or three weeks until (laughs) everyone else finishes. And then you're like, just, I I don't know, for me, that's like kind of frustrating to see everyone else posting their stuff and 
that's you know <laughs> hey i got 120 points at these tournaments i'm like dang it dude like i finished with 80 like what am i doing out here you know and <laughs> yeah. that for me like for my i don't know mental health i i don't have um you know mental health problems but like uh for for the how good i felt about my performance like I may this time try to just do it kind of towards the end so that I don't have to wait around so long <laughs> to see everyone else's performances that, and how that. they compare to mine. Right. Cause like, if I just don't start until the last week, then everyone else's performances, like I could potentially do Use better. That than to, like, me, right? yourself. Be great, right? yeah. yeah. It's like no big deal. But then uh, if I see that, you know, they got, you know, 40 more points than I did, like what the heck, you know, <laughs> that's messed up. And then I have to wait another three weeks for the tournament to be over. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, yeah. I think I would, overall, I would reiterate this, the tips that we gave around the first time period. Um, but I would add, I would think I would add a caveat kind of echoing what you say. Um, so I think if you're looking to just cruise through and like plow through your keys, um, going somewhere in like the second week is going to be the time for you um, in terms of you'll probably have the easiest time getting through the events. Um, and it'll just be a good time to grind. If you're the kind of person, though, that needs a lot of extrinsic motivation or like JW is alluding to, like the waiting aspect of it is it is stressful, like no doubt, um, especially if you're sitting around like a potentially unsafe margin. Um, so if you're someone who either needs that extrinsic motivation or just isn't going to buy into that stress, I would say like do it towards the end, like and knowing which one is is best for you i think is ultimately a consistent you have to make for yourself um or just like do it casually throughout the whole time you know that's another decent strategy um that's kind of that's kind of what i wanted to do uh last time but i just got like addicted to pressing play again on the tournaments <laughs> it, it is i mean it is really really addicting and anyone that played in players cup 2 i think is gonna you know kind of resonate with that uh so yeah, it's just so like e even when you win, when you lose, like you just want to go run it back. You yeah. Because when you're hot, you're like, okay, well, I must be, you know, something must be going my way. Like the algorithm must be, you know, <laughs> shuffling right for me, or you know, I'm just playing really out of my gourd. And uh, <laughs> and gourd, then if you're sure. losing, you're like, well, I I can't lose like this. You know, it's like you're in the gym, right? And you're playing basketball, and you know, you, you throw up the last shot, and it goes off, and you're like, well, okay, I can't leave on a miss, so I got to go make another shot you know it's that kind of thing so yeah taking some Double some other board. steps there though um yeah. building off of that further um if you do lose try not to do salty runbacks you know take a couple minutes at least and refresh you know even if it's simple as like going to your bathroom and like throwing some water in your face and then coming back and sitting down like take that step and refresh yourself as opposed to going in tilted um yeah. and then the other tip i would give is don't get completely psyched out by like streaks in one way or the other. Um, yeah. So like picking a deck that you're confident with and sticking with it, at least until it's like, obviously just not a good choice. Um, you know, if you're, which yeah. is like a tough, it's tough to know. It's not a metric. That's like, you can't measure that. Um, yeah. It, it is really tough to know. I mean, it, like a lot of this is just um, trusting your testing, you know? Yeah. But I would say like overall, like sticking with a deck you'll get a better outcome that way because you'll i would say ultimately like the variance will be less impactful if you stick with one deck right because sure. let's say you know let's say i switch decks for every single round and you know i'm playing penny scorch one round and i just like auto lose to some water deck and so then i switch to pikaram and then i get a colossal deck 
And then I switch to, like, some water deck, and I get wrecked by Rillaboom. And it's like, you know, if you just played Picaram for all five of those, then <laughs> you would have probably had a decent win rate. <laughs> but because you switched around so much, you, like, increased the variance that you were experiencing, right? Because you were adding variance to yourself yeah. in addition to the yeah. variance of the other people. <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, sure. Sure. That's kind of like the point I would emphasize there is like try and try and find something that works for you and like just stick with it. Um, it yeah. That's what yeah, I, I found worked for me is like if you do want to have multiple decks, just like, you know, so you're not slogging away at one deck the whole time, have like a pool of decks that you're confident with and keep yourself within that pool. Um, yeah, sure. You'll, sure. you'll be yeah, more can... successful. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I think even with the with the best players, like if they're like you were saying in that scenario where it's like, okay, I lost my, like an auto loss that I should have lost to, um, you know, and then you immediately switch a deck. Like there's, there's going to be, yeah, that inherent, like kind of, uh, unstable instability with yeah. that new deck of, of knowing exactly what to do. And, um, you know, just generally speaking, playing, you know, more games with a deck is going to yield better results. Like you're exactly, saying. exactly. So don't introduce, more people I, pokemon players love to complain about variants don't inject variants into your <laughs> <laughs> into your experience yeah that's true yeah. man that's like, true yeah like your deck choice is something you have control over don't make it variants <laughs> right right <laughs> that's my take at least <laughs> so and I we'll talk that. more about players cup three as we get closer to the qualification period as well be sure to give you the latest meta snapshots and what we plan to use to get through our keys but that brings us right on to the end of the episode here today uh, jw is there any parting christmas wisdom that you want to give to our listeners here parting christmas wisdom well i just think like uh continue to be good citizens on you know the ladder or on uh uh i don't know in tournaments i think yeah, i've seen from my perspective like really great people um in terms of sportsmanship and and competitive uh drive and and uh, it's been nice to see certainly i i almost feel like from my perspective and i i maybe could be wrong on this like maybe other people have had way different viewpoints on this but i've i felt like the online scene on the whole has been a lot more positive than the in-person scene um you know why that is why i feel that way i can't quite put my finger on but I, I feel like, you know, just continuing to keep up that positive uh, energy towards the game, continuing to support these tournaments and organizers that are putting on these tournaments and trying to make Pokemon um, great despite the circumstances uh, is is a really big deal. So if you are doing that, continue to do that. If you're not doing that, um, why not, you know, ask yourself <laughs> those questions. Yeah, uh, but yeah sure. continue to be good to each other and, and continue to help grow the game. Yeah, and I would say, like, extend that beyond the game, too. Like, be good to the people around you, especially in the spirit of the holidays, but throughout the year as well, I would hope. <laughs> yeah, um, sure, of course, of course. <laughs> one other thing I want to say before we wrap up today, I know this is probably going to be a, a different or weird holiday experience for many of our listeners. Um, you know, maybe you weren't able to travel to meet your family or your friends. Um, I'm sure that's difficult for a lot of people. Um, and so... I just want to like blanket set the offer. Like if you need someone just to chat with, you know, you're more than welcome to like DM us on Twitter or DM myself on like Facebook or Insta. Um, you know, I'm happy to like sit down and chat and wish you a Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Um, you know, not trying to be married to Christmas year. Like no matter what you celebrate, we want to wish you a happy season and a happy end to your year here. 
Um, so overall, like try and take it in stride and lean into the awesome community that we do have. Um, you know, JW called out how positive the online sphere has been recently. Um, and I'm sure there's all sorts of online folks who are going through similar situations who would love to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a hard time for a lot of people for a number of reasons. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it is what it is. The, you know, you've heard it in every, probably every piece of media that you consumed, you know, people are um, just struggling right now just for a variety of reasons. So yeah. uh, you're not alone in that. You're not, um, you know, you don't need to feel as though you're alone. And uh, like Riley said, we're, we're here. If we can be, we're here for you. Absolutely. We'll take one question because I think we got a really good one in the chat here and then we'll sign off for the day. So Zorodad GX dropping what are some good Pokemon gift ideas that we can still find other than cards? Have you any thoughts that come to mind for you? Pokemon I have a couple ideas. ideas. Well, like, I mean, plushies are a huge thing in Pokemon. So, yeah, you know, that, would, that would probably be my number one answer. Is there like a, that would be a cop-out answer, though. Is there a better, is there a better answer out there, Riley? Sure. So, I mean, when you think of what you can still get, you know, I think you have to rule out online. Uh, so I would say generally like the best Pokemon gifts are from Pokemon <laughs> Center, but that would take like a yeah. week. Um, yeah. Probably longer right now. Um, other than cards, things that you could like go to a store and buy. Um, I think the Pokemon like mini like Lego set things are super uh, cool. Um, so if you yeah. have someone who's like generally a fan of Pokemon and also like dabbles in the construction arts of like Lego and Mega Bloks, um, sure. those are really fun. I actually just built... I had a couple of like very tiny ones that my friend got me in Japan from a claw machine and I just, yeah. I just built them today and they were super fun. So mm -hmm. I would say something like I, that. I know they sell those at target. So. Yeah. I always remember being a fan of the posters. I like very distinctly yeah. remember two posters that I had in my room of Pokemon and one in my downstairs basement that I like just very distinctly remember them being them being a part of like my growing up and one of them was like all the second gen pokemon just on a poster yep, i love and, those posters you know, yeah and i just like imagine like if i had one that was maybe a little bit better framed um or a little bit more intricate i guess or bigger or something like how cool that would be uh i don't know i, I feel like that's a boring gift but like i look back and i'm like wow that was really cool like i remember that you know so yeah uh, if you're looking for looking for somebody you know to to get a gift for like you can give me a huge pokemon poster absolutely <laughs> so that's going to bring us to the end of the show for today again we sincerely wish you all a happy holiday and a merry christmas if you celebrate christmas uh, we are so appreciative to all the folks who are out there listening and supporting the show you guys are awesome as a christmas gift to us you could rate and review on your favorite podcasting platforms. It does help us out, boosts us up in that algorithm. And I will say, Riley, before we go, we are the number two rated podcast in Denmark for the gaming section. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> that that wasn't like that wasn't sarcasm. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you guys are awesome and clearly you are taking the advice. So I appreciate it. <laughs> right. Be uh, be on the lookout for the giveaway. We'll have that posted very soon. Uh, well, it should be, if you're listening to this episode, it should be up on the Twitter at tag team Pokemon. Uh, so we look forward to uh, seeing you over there on Twitter as well. And remember you got until 1159 Eastern standard time on the 31st to get in there for that giveaway. So be sure to do that. 
And we will catch you all next time. Not at the same time, but at the same place. <laughs> Peace. See ya.